Hey, glad you're here. The podcast name is pretty self-explanatory. We're going to talk about things that everyone thinks they're alone in, but really, if you hear someone else's story, you'll realize you are so not alone. I'm Jessica. And I'm Sierra. And you're listening to You Are So Not Alone, the podcast. So Sierra and I were in the middle of, (laughs) welcome back. Sierra and I were in the middle of one of our good conversations, which is the reason kind of why we started a podcast in the first place. And we came to this intending to record the podcast and just started a life catch up and feelings. And I realized we should just be talking about this on the podcast because one, I bet there are so many other people out there that have any sort of these feelings and would benefit from what we're talking about and being open about. So really quick recap from the past like five or so minutes. (laughs) Um, Jessica, I feel lost in life. Like just, there's so many open-ended things, so many things that kind of ended, well, did end or kind of ended and so many open-ended parts of my life that I'm just feeling lost and like almost there's too much space trying to figure out what to do. Um, Like even Sierra said, what do we want to do or talk about on the podcast? And I was like, I can't answer open-ended things right now. And I'm dealing, I'm definitely dealing with some sort of weird heart palpitations, anxiety, something these past two days too. But at the same time, like, I do still, this is a conversation we've had a couple months ago. Like, I do still feel like I have my together in a sense, even though there's so many things that I would like as a part of it, but they're not there. Um, But I still feel like I have life together and I still feel happy every day. So like two things can be true at once. Yeah. And then Sierra, your quick recap before we continue with the book conversation. Um. Well, to wait, before we go to my part, I also wanted to say how, like, I had asked you if it was like postpartum stuff Oh, mm-hmm. and well, like talk about that a little bit more. Like you really don't think if postpartum has anything to do with it or I'm sure some, but I, I really think that I would be feeling the same way, even if I didn't have a baby recently. Yeah. Just because life feels like yeah. open, There's no yeah. set path currently. Yeah. Which I did, Sierra asked me, like, talking about my, with my therapist, if I, like, anything. I did, um, and I just lost, see, my losing my train of thought, that's the postpartum. I'm so new for you. (laughs) Um, We did talk about, what did you just say to me? Open. I asked you if your therapist had any suggestions. No, no, no. What did you say before I I brought up my therapist again? Uh, You, I asked you about postpartum I don't this is normal too much like I know (laughs) too much open oh coping coping mechanism um we did talk about how like I've always feel like I thrive off of having the next goal or next thing that I'm looking forward to and working towards Mm -hmm. and so right now I don't have that necessarily Mm -hmm. in in any form especially because like with the kids like, yes, I could look forward to something, but one, I never like make my whole identity about being a mom mm-hmm. for myself and for them. And yeah. two, I don't want to rush them. So I don't want to look, be like, oh, I can't wait till it crawls. Cause like, yes, that will be very exciting, but I don't want to miss out on what's happening now. So that's like where I'm trying to be mindful. Right. But he did like, my coping mechanism is always having that thing, like always being busy, I guess always mm-hmm. having something going 
Um, so yeah, that's, there we go. And then you, so yeah, do your catch up. Cause then we were starting to talk about coping mechanisms and. Yeah. So my catch up is just that I feel super stuck lately. Um, like I was, I feel like I'm in a giant pool of very sticky maple syrup or maybe just tree sap. Maybe it's not even the sweet kind. It's just tree sap. <laughs> when I move, like trying to lift my arms up, I feel like I'm just being like dragged back down. Um, which is interesting because I was talking to my friend Beth today and she said she she had another metaphor that I will share that just makes so much sense. She like as I was telling her all the stuff of how stuck I felt, she was saying how um like she was she was in a similar situation until she just started like praying and like giving it up to God, like letting it like his will be the way instead of like feeling like she was she, you know, she was trying to figure it all out on her own. And when she like really just let it go. Um, she was like, it was like a, a rubber band, like snapping back, like she was pushing against it. And it just gave me this really cool visual of like, if our life was a stretched out rubber band, you know, like our birth is one peg and our death is the other peg. And we're like walking along it. And it's got like, there's a really smooth, easy path for us. But sometimes we think like, we know better than like what our life is supposed to be going on. And so mm -hmm. we start to, pushing against that rubber band, trying to go this way when it's like, no, like this is this is the easy path. And maybe it's not even your life in general. Maybe it's just like, a, you know, the season you're in, like, this is the straight path. This is the obvious answer, but we're resisting what we already know to be like true. Mm -hmm. um, like once I just, which, or maybe not even what we know, but like, we're just, we're trying so hard to do it on our own that we're spinning in all the wrong directions and going against the rubber band. So she's like, once I let go of that, then it like snapped back into place. And that gave me the visual of like the pigs, like then you, then it's straight. There's two tight. It's like, clear. Yeah. So that's like where that's what I want that's what I'm longing for and so that's gonna be like my I've been trying to like even even that like I've been trying to figure out what to do over these next few months like I was journaling and trying to just be like okay I want to you know not have any plans until January but even that like I'm putting a deadline on it when it's like just live just experience and all the journaling wasn't really helping so last night I decided like I want to find a book or a, like I would ideally love a podcast, but I've not yet found a podcast that like, I just want like, <laughs> the best way I can describe it is I just want a pillow. I don't want like super motivation. Like you can do anything you put your mind to. I don't want any more entrepreneurial anything right now. I'm at a place where I just want like a very comfortable thing to listen and learn from. So I can like heal. Mm -hmm. I think <laughs> it's a healing that I need. So I was looking that up. And I found this book called The Mountain Is You. And I'm not that far into it. So I really can't talk about the whole thing. But we well, can hear about it. So you better finish it and we can hear about it. But we'll see. Now that's why I was scared. I was scared. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I'm not good at finishing books. And I'm like, I really want to finish this book. Like, I really want to finally complete a book, right? Because I never finish. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to like. I'm going to look the book up while you talk. I give myself a really hard time for not finishing books. And I'm like, Sierra, just like, I all, I seriously almost didn't tell anybody about it. Cause I don't want like other people start to read it and then they pass me and then I get defeated cause I'm behind, but whatever. It was super helpful. So, um, it's called the mountain is you by Brianna Weist. And I'm only in the first chapter. Like, I've read like the prelude or whatever that's called <laughs> prologue, whatever. And the first chapter and actually, I listened to it on YouTube. You can find the audiobook on YouTube. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. 
And and that's nice too, because it's like, I, I even, I started listening to it at like, at like one and a quarter speed because I'm like, I want to be able to really soak this in. I'm like, no, this is my whole problem. I'm rushing everything. Mm-hmm. And I had asked myself like, what's something I want to do every day? And I like wrote out 10 things I want to do every day. And one of those things is slow down. Like I'm just going 10 million miles an hour mm-hmm. and digesting content at 2x speed isn't doing, isn't serving me. So mm-hmm. I'm listening on one speed. It's going to be five hours. That's not very long in the grand scheme of things. I can totally do it. But um, anyway, one, so she's talking about all these different coping mechanisms, right? Like she, the idea behind the book is that all of the self-sabotaging things that we do are a coping mechanism to help us deal with some sort of fear that we have. So we're holding ourselves back from all of these things we want to do through self-sabotage, through telling ourselves like, like one thing she talked about was I'm not going to be healthy because I had a parent that was super healthy and they still fell ill or, um, you know, like, I don't want to, I'm not going to have a lot of money because people who have money are evil or whatever. Like there's so many lies that we tell ourselves that are self-sabotaging. And, um, and so I think she's going to go through and break down, like how to figure out what yours is. That's what I'm hope where I'm hoping the book goes. But one thing she this said, exactly and, what I need right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can get it on YouTube. Um, I just won't tell you about it. Yeah, just don't tell me when you finish it, please. <laughs> so I don't. Um, but so one thing, so Jessica, you were talking about how like you're like, well, in my downtime, like I could do Etsy, I could do something, right? And that's how I've been feeling too. Like I want to do something, but I don't know what that something is. And I have all these different avenues, all these different thoughts, but like I've never in my entire life, I've wanted to do so many things, but I've never been passionate enough about that one thing that I've seen it through to its completion. Mm-hmm. And said, this is a direct quote from the book. She said, maybe you aren't writing your magnum opus because you don't really want to write. You just want to be seen as successful because that will bring you praise, which is typically what people revert to when they want acceptance, but haven't gotten it. Mm-hmm. And I just like that hit me so hard because I'm like, I'm not a two, like I know like twos crave love and whatever. And like, I don't care. Love me or hate me. What? Like that's on you, pal. But acceptance, like I've never felt accepted. I've always longed to have like the big family. And I see all my friends with these families Mm -hmm. that they talked about this on the podcast before. Like I feel orphaned or, um, you know, even the other day I went to go like visit some family and I feel like, like things got a little awkward in COVID and I'm like, maybe they think I'm weird, you know, like maybe it was just COVID probably is the case. It was just COVID, but I'm like, yeah, they probably, you know, I'm, I'm the weirdo. I'm the weird one that like, you know, I'm the weird one that Jay married or I'm like in, in my step family, like I'm just the stepsister. I'm, I've, I've always been an only child. So I've always felt super alone. And I also know, like I am weird. Like I'm proud of it. I love it. And so what I do, which is probably more self-sabotaging than not, is I tell myself, well, I'm weird and people don't like it. And like, whatever I will just, I like, I take pride in being considered an outcast. And recently, I am one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and a few of my friends have called me out on it lately. They're like, why do you keep calling yourself an outcast? I'm like, cause I am. And they're like, well, what if you stop saying that about yourself? And I was like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I like that title because it gives me permission to be the weirdo. 
but instead like prove yourself right right and see I'm an outcast yeah so if I'm weird and people don't like it like okay whatever that's I'm an outcast and that's acceptable um but really like I've always longed to be accepted and to be understood and so on and so forth and um and so I uh like this morning I woke up so today is what's today Friday Friday We're, we're in the middle of the World Series and the Phillies just lost their second game in a row, meaning they have to win the next two. And I was depressed, man. Like, I was so sad. I'm like, why is this so sad for me? And, oh my gosh, I'm so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Okay. No, it's okay. Um, So one of my friends sent me um, like the Strange Planet, you know, Strange Planet. They're the aliens mm-hmm. who they're like it's an alien cartoon that observes the weird things that people that humans do um yeah i'll send it to you yeah yeah, i feel like you would love these guys um so what my friend she's not like a phillies fan or anything um but she just i think she knew that i would appreciate this and so it's this um these like three little aliens sitting with red hats on and the the baby like it must be like a mom and a dad and like a baby alien and the or the kid alien the kid alien says why do we observe the orb catchers if they make us so sad and the dad says we didn't know it would and the mom said we just knew it was likely to and then the dad says statistically most observers experience general sadness at the end and then the mom says but this is about joining a group of beings to be specifically sad with. And the dad says, unique pain. And the mom says, in particular hats, because they're all wearing like the red hat. Uh-huh. I just, I this is absolutely insane. But morning, and I started sobbing. Mm-hmm. Like, not that the Phillies lost, but that like, I finally, <laughs> I finally feel accepted by these crazy ass Philly fans mm-hmm. because they're, wild and insane as I am (laughs) like they're nuts and I love that when I was like 10 or 11 I was living in Florida and I came back to visit my dad for the summer and he took me to a Rockies game and the Rockies were playing either the Marlins or the Rays I can't remember but I remember sitting in the crowd and it was pretty empty it was like you know a day game or whatever yeah probably and I (laughs) shouted I shouted um I'm from Florida and I still think they suck <laughs> my dad shushed me right like <laughs> let's let's just relax you crazy kid you really know? should have been friends in elementary school I like I feel like this would have done really well <laughs> so but like I think I had said it a little quieter because I was nervous but then I was like yeah that's a good one and then I shouted mm-hmm. it so maybe it was a repetition maybe you know, like I don't know I was the loudest person in our section for sure and I was just like I, I've every, I think about that story. I've never told that story until this year. And now I've, I can't stop telling it because I was so embarrassed by it. But mm-hmm. then I realized like, that's not, I don't need to be embarrassed by that. I need to be proud of my love of like coming together and cheering people on my love of sports, my love of baseball. Like that's a really cool thing about me. And who cares if other people don't understand it? I freaking love baseball and I love cheering at the top of my lungs. My husband has just me as loud as I yell. <laughs> And so when I go to a game and I'm screaming and yelling and the whole like the quietest (laughs) same, I'm like, hell yes, I've found my people. And so I just and like go walking around in in New Jersey, like I'll go into a Wawa 
And like, I saw a guy with an Eagles hat on. I'm like, go birds. He's like, go Phillies. I'm like, I'm accepted simply by wearing this P and saying, you know, go Phillies. I have people who finally like accept me and it's the crazy coolest feeling. And I think it's like poetic that this is all happening right now as I'm discovering about myself, mm -hmm. my desire for acceptance and how like going back to, I have no idea what to do, but everything I'm trying to do is to like get some sort of, like, I don't care what it is. I just want success and praise because I just want accept, like really at the core of it, I just want acceptance. And I probably push away from it because I know if I get success, they're gonna judge me and I'm not gonna be accepted, but whatever. Like I gotta get to say like, hey, it's, I don't need to be accepted by you people. I know I'm accepted where I, it matters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I Brene Brown talks about it a lot. Like we, like the core, desire of honestly every human being it's our human nature it has nothing to do with our enneagram or anything else it's everybody whether they agree or will admit it or not is belonging and acceptance <gasps> oh i just <laughs> i just got a cramp in my foot <laughs> talking a revelation <laughs> you're like no no Ow. that was not a revelation that was a almost terrible cramp in my arch or my non-arch um but like that really is like and there's plenty of people who will deny it to themselves or deny it to other people but like that's human nature to to be in community mm -hmm. which means acceptance and like the thing is that's beautiful is we really only need like a very small bubble of acceptance like we don't need everybody we can find success widely but we can as long as we're accepted by like our core people, the people that really, really matter to us. And we, you know, we care about their thoughts because they matter, not because like they're going to judge us like that, that. I feel like that's, that's all we're all looking for. And we're always looking for it. Like I I'm with you when you're talking about like being feeling alone and all of that, like I'm, and it's so funny because we named this podcast. You are so not alone, but like anyone listening, you are so not alone in feeling alone. Like I'm sure everybody feels alone in something uh -huh. at any given moment. Like I feel so alone because I'm a single mom and like, I literally live alone. Like, yeah, I have my two kids and that's beautiful. But like when it comes to it, they're kids still. And so uh -huh. I am like, you know, I, I constantly am like warring with myself. I'm like, no, Jessica, like you're not alone. You have your kids and that's awesome and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, yeah, but it's not the same. And that's okay that it's not the same. And it's okay to feel this way. And then I remind myself, and I'm sure other people feel this way, whether they have a partner or not and yada, yada. Um, but yeah, I feel so similarly to you. Like I just have always wanted like that big family feeling and I've been trying to make it for myself and it like keeps feeling like it's not happening, you know? Like I was even literally talking with my neighbor this morning about how like I always am a like Thanksgiving orphan <laughs> ever since, you know, ever since yeah. I out of college really. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't ever, we've never had a big, there's never like that one family gathering that we go to, like any of my family. Uh -huh. Like now I don't have my mom either. And like, even like my dad's in New Jersey, I'm not going to fly up to be with up there. Cause like, that's just a lot to deal with. He's not coming down here. Like, and I'm just like, what do I do? Where do I go? And I'm pretty, I've, I've been pretty good at getting to the, like, well, it's just another day. Like, it's fine. It doesn't have to be, be a big deal. It doesn't have to feel like a big deal to me, but at the same time, like this is the one holiday I really care about and like want the community for. And so it's just, yeah, it's a weird, a weird feeling, a weird thing. Like, and it like sucks right now, but I know that it'll 
all pan out and be okay. And next year I'll probably be in a completely different state of mind and place and who knows who will mm-hmm. be in my life or whatever. Have you thought of hosting a Friendsgiving on Wednesday or Friday or sometime? Yeah, but like, I don't have enough of a community or like a strong enough bonds here to like get that together. And it's just me hosting it. So I'm like, oh, that's probably a terrible idea for me, me personally. If you got your friends to like, Hey, bring a dish, you know, like you don't yeah. have to, they could, would help you. You would just have the venue, you know? Yeah. Like, whatever. I mean, if not this year, then next year. And yeah, if yeah. Next- still think you are not close enough to bond with those people I'm gonna call BS because it'll be a year deep and <laughs> I'm all love I mean that is that is it I think that's one of my underlying things is constantly th- and it might be related to my two-ness is like thinking I'm not important enough to people that yeah. like are important to me or that like I would like to be important to like to people that like loved enough because it's not it's not a whatever you said earlier like you know like I don't need people to love me that's like a two thing but like it's not love it's like the want like want and priority mm-hmm. like for me I think and I, I feel like that's what the that's why like whenever they post Enneagram 2 stuff I'm like that is so surface easy like that was like the easy pickings that you posted there like that's not it <laughs> yeah like it goes so much deeper than that it has nothing to do with love or like it has to do with want and like prioritizing like being yeah that makes sense well I think you can't know unless you ask you know no you're very right um I wanted to read another thing with the idea of like being your own weird self so there's this like in addition to my Philly fandom my craze that I'm going through right now um there's this guy and I, I mean you you may have heard of him if you like sports at all you may have heard of him um i actually forgot his name steve no what is his name he's he created barstool sports and they call him el presidente he's like the founder of barstool sports and from like i think they have a podcast and from that there's like all these different offshoots like i follow on instagram barstool philly which just has like all this stuff that panders exactly to like the people I described, the people who are like shouting and yelling and stoked about like every single thing that they post makes me laugh. I like laugh out loud. I laugh really hard and it makes me so happy. Um, well, anyway, they posted something the other day where he was buying, he wanted to buy tickets to get somebody to go to the World Series because they were like a thousand dollar tickets, right? So super expensive. And um, he like, he has a connection, like a sponsor with Game Time which is an app. And so they were like, they ended up getting him 13 tickets that he was able to give away. So he, he had asked, he's like, Hey, tell me your stories and you could win these tickets. And so he picked like these four different stories and I'm reading each one and I'm just sobbing. Right. It's like beautiful, beautiful stories. Like one was like a foster girl who, um, you know, was like taken out of foster care and into this home where she was adopted and now is a huge Phillies fan. And like another one was a a wounded vet who's in a wheelchair and like just all these, like all these really beautiful stories. And Oh, one was this woman who, whose husband just passed and she puts his picture on a chair so they can still watch the game together. Oh my God. That's what I lost. I'm like, Oh, I can't. And so Anyway, like I was reading that, I'm like, this is, this is like, I'm seriously crying and I'm not even PMSing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I might be fertile. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you are so not alone. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so I texted my husband and I was like, like, oh my gosh, did you read the winners of the tickets? Yeah, his name's Dave, Dave, not Steve. Of the tickets that Dave from Barstool gave away, I'm a puddle, right? And so he responded, I did, I kept wanting to show you, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said, I know that Dave has kind of a bro-y reputation, but I'm entertained by him and I like the stuff that he does. And like, that was the second time my husband had said that to me. Like, I didn't really know this guy until recently. And like both times, like any, my husband would show me something about him. He's like, he, he's really bro-y, which he is. Like, if you hear him talk, he's got like the bro-y voice and all this other stuff or whatever. He's from Philly? No, he's Barstools in general or Philly? I don't know. He seems to be a Phillies fan. I think he's like friends with Bryce Harper though. So I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know where he, he doesn't really have an accent too much, but, but he's okay. definitely guys from Philly tend to be very bro Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if he's, I don't know. Like it's not, he's got like the college bro vibe, not like yeah. the Philly. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, anyway, when he said that, like he was like defending this guy's, character right and so my response was I've loved everything about him so far we are all individually ourselves if we try too much to be like others we'll blend in and never make an impact but if we step into who we are that's when we do the seemingly impossible he's a bro with comedic timing and a big heart he didn't shirk from that and look what he's cultivated and like Barstool Sports is huge so huge that he just sent 13 people to the World Series for free you know like and that there's like thousands upon thousands of followers, if not millions of followers and and like listeners of the podcast. He's doing a great thing because he's he's who he is. Yeah. He didn't stop being because somebody told him he was too broy. He's not like, oh, maybe I should be less broy. He just showed up as Dave and he got all these other people who were like, yes, yeah, sports. And now we all love it, you know? So I just feel like that's what we need to do. We need to show up as who we are fully. And that's when you can do the seemingly impossible. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> I'm trying to show you, he's wearing red and baseball pants. Yay! <laughs> Go Phillies! <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think that was perfect. Like, we yeah. had no idea what we were going to do. And then we just showed up as ourselves. And that is what was needed. Absolutely. I feel like I needed it too for myself. It was cathartic. <laughs> yeah. I still have that like weird heart palpitation thing, but we'll get it figured out yeah you should do some meditations and some deep breaths yeah I mean I I do deep breaths yeah maybe like a let it go meditation or yeah those are those are helpful but get my inner Elsa going yeah Um, but new podcast name new new podcast email and and other things so you know if you love what you hear reach out let us know give us a rating review subscribe subscribe to youtube you can find us on youtube or all of the platforms and email you are so not alone you are so not at gmail.com yep all right yeah you got anything you want to hear about tell us about hear us talk about bring up a topic that would be interesting or just any love or anything yeah just email us you are so not alone at gmail.com perfect well until next week i hope that you find whatever it is that's making you feel stuck or holding you back and even if you don't know what it is that you just take steps towards 
breaking free of it. If you want, maybe You Are the Mountain will help you out. You can find that on YouTube. And, uh, and just yeah. be you. Just freaking be you. And if you feel like you are the weirdest person in the entire world and no one could ever understand you, you are so not. <laughs> True. <laughs> Bye.